0: plushcare.com slash weight loss <laughs> <laughs> ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host, Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds and I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care, I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. In today's bonus episode I am going to chat all things fourth trimester with you. It's about an hour long um, and I don't know if I've covered everything that you want me to. I probably haven't so I'm happy to do a part two. If there's other things that you want me to cover or go into in more depth um, feel free to send me an email kiwibirhtales at gmail.com or send me a message at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it is useful, helpful, um, informative, or just something that you enjoy listening to. And I'm sorry for babbling on, I just yeah, it's all over the place, but that's just how things are at the moment. So I hope that you enjoy. Okay, I am going to attempt to record this uh, fourth trimester episode, and I've got like no structure <laughs> style. I am going to do this, and I feel like my brain just, like, has a million different thoughts on the fourth trimester and what it's been like, and I could probably make this episode literally, like, five hours long, and you guys will just be like, shut up, Jordan, (laughs) we are so sick of hearing you talk. So, I will do my best to, like, get to the point of things that I'm talking about and try to cover, um... Everything that I think is relevant, and I've also got the questions that um, quite a few of you submitted on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram when I popped up a question box about this episode. So I'll do my best to cover everything. Um, Fourth trimester. Ali is six months old. He's just gone six months this uh, past weekend. So I think now is a pretty good time to sort of reflect on what our fourth trimester has been like and. Yeah, just really sit down and have a chat with all my girlfriends, some of my boyfriends who listen to this (laughs) podcast as well, about yeah what it's been like with two and um, how we've coped as a family and just everything two babies, which has been a lot, right? Um, Yeah, so let's jump into it. So if I start with, I'm hoping that you've listened to my birth episode so that you will know what our birth was like. But really quick recap: um, long early labour. And then um, into hospital, quite a long um, active labour stage, epidural, like an hour and a half worth of pushing, episiotomy. He was born, it was amazing. <laughs> um, postpartum hemorrhage, which I didn't need surgery for or anything like that. Um, obviously, stitches for the episiotomy. And then we stayed in hospital um, because he had meconium in his waters and because I'd had quite a significant blood loss, um, I needed an iron transfusion, um, before we left there, I think it was an iron transfusion, so anyway, um, that was our birth, and I remember those first, like, day or two, or night or two in hospital, um, just thinking, like, holy shit, <laughs> this is what it's really like, because with Jai, we went straight to Skiboo, pretty much, so, like, I never was just in my room, on my own with him, um, And so I had Ali in the room with me and like he was wanting to be like feeding off me all the time and I really didn't have a whole heap of experience breastfeeding because we mixed fed Jai right from the start. So um, I guess I was like already a little bit anxious about that but I also was like really super keen to give it a go and I had my silverettes which ended up just being like lifesavers. Yeah, so I remember those first few nights just like oh my god he's just feeding off me like 24 7 and you're on this high from birth but you're also like exhausted and I had had like pretty minimal sleep for like four days at that point because I'd been in labor like overnights for those days before and Jai was with Joe and he was at home and I was missing him because I you know I haven't spent that much time away from him in his two years or just under two years of life at that stage um So I was definitely feeling all of the emotions, but also was super keen to go home um, and get into like a bit of a rhythm and introduce Ali to Jai and yeah, so I remember leaving hospital and Ali cried the whole way home in the car seat (laughs) Um, and then we got home and settled in and then... Joe's parents brought Jai over, he had been hanging out with them for the day, and Jai was 21 months, so just under two, um, when Ali was born, and he was, like, pretty interested in him at the start, I remember we brought him home, and he wanted to kiss him, and, like, his version of kissing at that stage was licking, and I just remember, Jai had this hideous runny nose, like, it was just so disgusting, and we were really in two minds about, like, do we try to keep them apart, or, like, because it's such a huge adjustment for Jai, um, or do we just, like, you know, let it happen, and just know that the runny nose is what it is, um, and in hindsight, I don't know if I'd do anything differently, (laughs) might have happened anyway, but, um, yeah, so Jai was, like, kissing him, and licking him, and oh my god, he was all over him, and that was fine, Ali was fine, um, Jai was excited, and then pretty quickly, like, not overly interested in the fact that Ali was there um and I just remember feeling like you know I was so happy to be home but I was also like anxious about what the next couple of weeks would look like for us um and at that stage Jai was still sleeping in his cot in his room so we had Ali in the bassinet um or the co-sleeper thing in our and snooze pod from Edwards and Co actually that's what we've got just because I know someone will ask Um, which was awesome so we had that in our room and joe and i were sleeping obviously in our bed and the night time came um we were exclusively breastfeeding at that point but i'd never really felt like um my milk had actually come in so that was probably i think it was day three or yeah it must have been day three that we went home um and I still didn't feel like my milk had come and I was definitely getting colostrum. But yeah, I hadn't had that like really engorged feeling that um, lots of people sort of talk about. So I was waiting for that. But Ali was just like feeding off of me all the time. Um, and I was just going with it. So just definitely demand feeding um, him at that stage. And he would like drink off both sides and then usually fall asleep um, on me during the days and in the afternoons and then in the evening um in that first sort of week or so we just did the same thing sort of sat in the lounge and fed and head fall asleep and then wake up and feed again and then I think around like nine or ten maybe we would try to go to bed um and I remember those first like couple of nights at home oh god I was just so exhausted like the sleep deprivation at that point was so just overwhelming. Um, I was just desperate to shut my eyes and get some sleep. Um, and you obviously can't cause you've got this little baby who just needs your attention 24 seven. So, um, I was trying to put him down in his co-sleeper. I remember those first few nights and he just wouldn't like, he just wanted to sleep on me or on Joe. Um, so we would sort of take turns and then like one of us would doze off and then like realise and then we'd swap, which probably wasn't the safest thing to be doing. Um and I probably wouldn't do that again. <laughs> probably like take proper turns rather than both of us just trying to be in bed at the same time because Ali was so tiny and Jai's such a deep uh Joe's such a deep sleeper. Um yeah, probably would do that slightly differently next time around, but anyway. So uh, yeah, I think those first few nights at home we got like next to no sleep um, and we were just doing what we could and my mum came over um, during the days and she was super helpful. She'd like, I would feed Ali and then he'd fall asleep and she'd take him off me so that I could have like a little nap Um, and Joe was still home too. But Jai was at daycare um, and Joe was sort of doing everything Jai related so like dropping him off and everything like that, picking him up doing stuff with him in the afternoons because he only really goes for like half a day Um, and yeah so we just sort of settled into that first week at home I remember my episiotomy was like really sore still in that first week Um, I had quite bad hemorrhoids which were not fun and I immediately asked my midwife to prescribe me something for them so I think it was a cream and a suppository um, which both like I felt immediate relief from, so I'm really glad that I had those. And I was also drinking Kiwi Crush um, because nobody needs to be like straining to push anything else out after having a baby. Um, and I have one of those good stools as well, which are um, awesome for postpartum and just in general. So. That was helping me in terms of the toilet. I was also using a um, peri-wash bottle from Viva La every time I went to the bathroom and Ural sachets just so that weeing didn't sting um, as badly. And after every time I went to the bathroom or had a shower, I would spray um, the Viva La healing spray on my episiotomy, which I think made a big difference. Like I would notice when I had forgot to use that... um, I would feel slightly more uncomfortable, so I think that was definitely something that was useful for me in that initial postpartum period. Um, And I'm not sure how many stitches I had, but it definitely felt, like, tight and quite sore in that first week. And I remember being really worried, like, as the swelling started going down towards the end of that week, I had this, like, tiny little hole um, that I was like, holy shit. what, what is this, that was the part that stung the most when I was going to the bathroom, and so I actually took a photo, like, just spread my legs and took a photo and sent it to my midwife, and I was like, hey, she's like, just gets a picture of my vagina in it in box." I'm sure she's seen, seen it all, but anyway, um, I was like, hey, we've got, like, an extra little thing going on down here, <laughs> is this normal, um, and she sort of explained that what it looks like is, now that the swelling has gone down it's potentially like a little part that the um, obstetrician had missed when she was um, doing my stitches so maybe because of the swelling like that part had been missed and she said it will heal on its own and at that time I didn't believe her I was like I'm just going to have this like weird extra hole <laughs> in my vagina forever um, but I can confirm that it did heal on its own and you would never have known that that was there anymore which is good um but that was quite painful in that first sort of week and I was just sore like, I honestly felt like I'd been hit by a bus like I think that combined with the blood loss and the sleep deprivation and just like the absolute everything that I had to give to push Ali out was like just exhausting and so I was really doing everything I could to rest in that time um like my mum and Joe were really helpful and I really would just sleep like all I would do was feed Ali sleep eat shower during the days which was really lovely it was more than night times that was so hard like obviously mum went home and Joe needed um Joe a lot because his sleep like turned to shit just before Ali was born, which is so typical. <laughs> um, so Joe was like sleeping in Jai's room, and then it was just Ali and I, and um, yeah, that was a lot. Like it was definitely lonely, overwhelming feelings in those first few weeks while I was doing everything. Ali and Joe was doing everything Jai because I felt like um, you know Jai was like my little bestie <laughs> and then you have a newborn, and you spend, like, way less time with them, and I was so envious of Joe, like, I remember he went over to Rotorua, he took Joe over to Rotorua one afternoon after daycare, to visit um, his cousins, and Joe just absolutely loves them, they're, like, really cool age for him, and they were gone for the whole afternoon and evening, and I just remember feeling so envious, I think it was probably, like, two weeks in at this point, and... I remember feeling so envious that Joe could just get in the car, put Jai in there, and just go somewhere. And it was so easy, and like he didn't have to worry about anything, and he wasn't stressed about like baby sleeping or anything like that. He could just go out, like take his phone, a spare nappy, and maybe some wipes, and that's all he needs. And so yeah, I was pretty like maybe like pretty jealous and just feeling like, a bit overwhelmed and shit in those first couple of weeks that I had lost what felt like my relationship with Jai at the time which is just a hormone thing I think like obviously Jai and I just have like such an amazing bond and we definitely still have that now so I think it's just those adjustment periods where um, things have changed between you and you've got this little baby who needs you all the time and um, yeah that's sort of how we juggled like the parental load I guess at that in those early stages and after a few weeks I was starting to feel like I wanted to accomplish something else so I would like maybe cook dinner once every couple of days or yeah but I've been so lucky like Joe wasn't working so he's been home with us pretty much the whole time he's obviously been like basically the sole parent of Jai during that time um and it just made such a huge difference to me postpartum to have Joe uh to have Joe home all the time and um I'm lucky I guess to not know what it's like to only have your partner home for a couple of days or a week um because I honestly like just rely on him so much and I really did in that initial period too um and he's so supportive and understanding and helpful and like looks after everything around the house um and yeah, but I definitely remember feeling like he'd go off to Jai's room and they would go to sleep and I just knew that my night was going to be filled with like hour or two hourly wakes and I, I did feel like quite resentful towards the fact that I knew maybe Jai would wake up once or twice but he would get like a pretty decent night's sleep and... Um, when I was feeling so exhausted, like, I just remember a few nights, he'd be starting off the night in our room, and he'd be, like, snoring away, and I would just be looking at him, like, thinking, fuck you, (laughs) like, you put this baby inside of me, and I've literally pushed him out of me, and now I get no sleep, and you're just, like, sleeping peacefully, I just remember thinking, like, oh my god, I could literally kill you right now, (laughs) um, and like I would voice that to him as well I think that's important like um in those and that like we have a pretty good communication style between us but in those first few weeks like even a couple of months I remember like I would just tell him when I'm feeling like shit or if I need to cry or if he's pissed me off or if I'm feeling hormonal like I'm really open about that with him so yeah I think um that definitely helped us to navigate those first um those few weeks when you're just adjusting to everything and he was really understanding about where I was at and also able to tell me like how it felt for him. And I think if you're a dad out there listening to this or your partner's sort of listening to this, like he expressed and I I will do a dad episode with him. He expressed like not feeling this immediate or like any really connection to Ali like he said it felt quite different for him than it did with Jai and I just want to like voice that because I think it's really normal and a lot of his friends have said that they felt the same way particularly with their second baby but sometimes even with their first like you know he knows that it's his baby and obviously he feels like that connection to Ali but he definitely didn't feel like overwhelming love and connection with him um, initially and I think He was like a little bit worried about that. I remember him saying that to me one day and I was like, it'll come like, you know, it just is what it is. And then uh, I think we were four weeks in and Ali woke up with a snotty nose one day and I thought, fuck, like we've made it four weeks of, and Jai probably had a snotty nose for those. I don't even remember, but I'm sure he did for those whole four weeks. Like he just always had a snotty nose. Um, We also had a really sad funeral in those first four weeks, so we were around a lot of people, and that was like just at the start of like Omicron cases and stuff like that. So I don't know where Ali picked the bug up from. I'm making the assumption it was Jai, but also could have been like from any of those funerals or like gatherings that we were at um, over that unfortunate period of time so he was about four weeks and woke up with a snotty nose and then just like progressively got worse over a couple of days and he was so so wheezy like oh my god I remember just like the sound that he was making with every breath was like terrifying and um, I learnt a whole heap from the first aid course that I made with Hannah called Mini Kiwi's First Aid and Hannah's an extended care paramedic and I remember her talking about in that course um, wheezing and like the signs to look for where their chest and like the bottom of their throat sort of tug and I could see that he was doing that Um, he'd like slowly stopped feeding as much actually that's one thing I should just like drop in there um, before I go on with this part is that uh, in the first week he was like losing a lot of weight so my milk still didn't feel like it had come in he was feeding off me all the time but he was like losing quite a significant amount of weight in that first week um, so I was trying to express and top up um, for him but I wasn't getting enough expressing so we were just doing formula top-ups um, after breastfeeds and then he started gaining weight. But I, I honestly never felt the feeling of my milk coming in. Like my boobs never got like really hard or really full ever. Um, so we were, yeah, that probably by the end of two weeks I think we were mixed feeding. So I was still breastfeeding him as much as possible. And then formula feeding him top ups. Um, and that just sort of continued and he was gaining really good weight after that. Yeah, so fast forward to about four weeks, um, he was feeding way less, so he couldn't breastfeed off me basically at all because he couldn't lie down and I never was able to master feeding him in like a sitting up kind of position. Um, So I was expressing and feeding him my breast milk and also feeding him formula, but he was taking like significantly less feeds than what he would have been previously. And then I remember he did this... um, really yucky cough and like all this phlegm and a bit of blood came up with it and then he did like a little spew with the same thing and I remember taking a picture of it and sending it to Hannah who did the first aid course recorded the first aid course with me and I just said what would you do if you were me and she was like take him to the hospital if you've got any doubts like he's so young um it sounds like you know, he's really wheezy, he's tugging and pulling, um, and now he's got blood, so take him to the hospital, um, which I did, and my mum came with me because Joe stayed at home with Jai, and so I just remember that, like, really sad feeling when we were waiting to see the nurse of, like, guilt, like, had I, should I have kept him away from Jai, should I have not taken him to those funerals, like, Oh, I just felt this overwhelming guilt that I had done that to my baby um in some way and I was just so gutted that like he was so sick and so went to the hospital they checked him out and um admitted him sort of straight away and then he needed a feeding tube because he wasn't really feeding so he wasn't um taking in what he needed and he was getting a bit dehydrated so we were in the hospital for a few nights um and then they weaned him off the feeding tube and then when he was feeding better um on his own we were able to go home he didn't need the oxygen um support which was great but he was definitely a pretty sick little bub um they explained to me like the warning signs to look out for which I had already known and that's why I went into the hospital in the first place and then they basically just said, like, um, if you're worried, come back, so (sighs) off home we went, Um, I felt really sorry for Jai over that time too, because he's, like, just getting used to having Ali around, and then we're gone again for a few nights, probably really confusing for him, Um, anyway, so we went home, and, like, Ali was okay, he was definitely still sick, and that was a really exhausting period for me too, like, worrying about him sleeping and like constantly being able to hear him wheeze and he'd wake himself up coughing and oh, I was just so nasty I felt so sorry for him uh and like I remember thinking to myself oh when he's better this will all be okay and like I was constantly thinking that like, when he's better but like when is that going to be and honestly four weeks later he was still sick I think we ended up back in the hospital when he was like seven or eight weeks old with the same thing um so he'd just never gotten rid of it and then maybe pick something else up or it just got worse again and so we ended up back in the hospital with the same thing but I won't keep dragging on about that but um yeah it was definitely like a period of anxiety and major mum guilt for me um and yeah I mean in terms of I had lots of questions about um juggling Jai and what Jai's response was to Ali and like how that sort of relationship has blossomed (laughs) Um, and I think that we've definitely gone through our phases and we still go through moments Um, so initially he was really excited then he was pretty like just not interested at all and then he was more annoyed than anything I think like that Ali was getting attention and he wasn't Um, like I remember there was one day my family was over and Ali was asleep in his little grow bright pod on the couch and we were all around Jai just went over to him and like pulled the pod off the couch luckily I managed to like catch it because I could sort of see what was going to (laughs) happen um managed to catch it before Ali fell onto the ground um but that was the first thing Jai had really done to like try and hurt Ali and then minutes later he like hit him and pulled his hair and it was just a disaster and like he'd been trying to hit him or like pinch him a few times before that um a couple of like days or weeks before that and we'd explain to him like we need to be gentle with Ali he's a baby we can really hurt him if we do that let's use gentle hands like trying to be really calm and collected and like understand that it's a big period of adjustment for Jai too but when he did that pulled him off the couch and um pinched him and pulled his hair and all of that um I just ended up taking him to his room because I didn't know what else to do like I just became so overwhelmed with like I'm trying to protect my little baby I'm trying to help Jai understand that what he's done is not okay but he's not getting it and he's really frustrated so I felt like he just needed to be removed from that whole situation so took him to his room and like sat him down and explained like why are we gentle and that he it's not okay to do that and he was crying and he was upset and like just that was really hard and we've probably had a few of those um over those few weeks I want to say like maybe from five to eight or nine weeks we had quite a few of those um where we had to like remove Jai from that situation but I was um giving Jai like as much attention as I could and like I would put Ali down in his pod thing and play with Jai like intentionally so that Jai knew um, he hadn't lost his mum and I would get Joe to do some things with Ali so that I could do some things with Jai and just yeah making him feel really like special and included as much as possible I just think it's really hard it's such a juggle and I definitely had mum guilt over the way that Jai was feeling and like the way that I was dealing with his emotions because I'm also like exhausted and emotional and yeah I'm sure I could have dealt with that um, in a better way but I just tried everything like explaining everything and being like a gentle parent and nothing was getting through to him so I think removing him from that situation like ended up being quite important in the end and he knows that like hurting Ali is not the right thing to do but he still gets frustrated especially when he's tired Um, and I think that has been one of the hardest things about having two under two or Jai turned two in December so a young two-year-old and a baby is that like Jai comprehends and understands what we're talking about but he doesn't have the impulse control particularly when he's tired to not do something so for example the other night we're lying in bed um, and Ali's like six months old now and we're all lying in bed Jai was watching his iPad and then he just picked his foot up and kicked Ali square in the head like between his eyes with his um, heel, and then just looked away like it was no big deal, he was just tired and shitty, just kicked his brother, didn't even think twice about it, and then went back to watching his iPad, um, and, like, you know, those are perfect examples of the fact that he's young and, like, just doesn't have the impulse control not to do those things, so we're really working on explaining and helping him, um, like try to understand his emotions and feelings a bit more but gosh it's just so hard when they're tired and they're so young and like they're just learning too so I think we're all learning and it's been a huge learning for us um how to deal with those behaviors because prior to having Ali Jai hadn't really been like a hitter or a kicker or anything like that um that's definitely come like post Ali so he doesn't do it a lot but when he does it's like I do find it hard to um to deal with because I don't like to like raise my voice at Jai or like I don't know and I know that maybe raising your voice isn't the right thing to do but if I'm tired and he does something like that I'm so quick to say like Jai and you know raise my voice and then because we never raise our voice at him he looks at me like I've just broken his heart and then that makes me feel like such a shit parent and oh it's just a cycle so I think like being able to sort of reflect on that and just go yeah it is what it is, we're all learning together, Jai's still so young, that is one of the biggest challenges of having two, under two in my opinion. Um, I guess another topic um, that lots of people wanted me to talk about was breastfeeding, so I didn't have an easy breastfeeding journey like I talked about, I never really felt like my milk came in, Um, I was trying to express top them up and still breastfeed him he went through that period of being sick and couldn't feed off me and I really lost my confidence then. Um, I was using nipple shields because I've got like relatively flat nipples, they come out when he's feeding but um, just to help him latch um, I was using the nipple shields and yeah I just lost my confidence I think when he stopped feeding off me when he was sick and we went to a bottle and again I knew how much milk he was getting when I was formula feeding him or feeding him my expressed milk and yeah definitely lost my confidence breastfeeding has just never been easy for me um and I was pretty gutted like I thought I was doing really well in that first week until I realized he was losing weight so he was sucking off me all the time but he obviously wasn't getting much a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, but I didn't have an issue with formula. Like, we used formula with dry right from the start. So it wasn't the fact that I didn't want a formula feed him. It was just more the fact that, like, I thought things were going way better this time um and people would like make little comments about like oh isn't it so much easier this time around because you don't have to worry about bottles you can just breastfeed them and I'd be like yeah and then I think about it and be like actually (laughs) do I mean that yeah like I don't know it's just sort of other people's opinions of that sort of stuff um can like really get in your head when you are hormonal and postpartum like with such a new baby so I think um yeah I've just never found breastfeeding easy but I'm all for doing what you need to feed your baby and um we ended up feeding Ali goat's milk or goat's formula uh because it was a bit more gentle on his tummy and we thought maybe he had a dairy intolerance I don't think you no, know, he definitely doesn't um but we thought that maybe that would help at the time we just were like clutching at straws when he was sick I think <laughs> so yeah um I was expressing which I fucking hated um just felt like I had no time between Jai, Ali, feeding, doing everything else that I was trying to do, and pumping. Um, and Jai didn't want to sit and play with me while I was pumping. Like that's not interesting to him after the first couple of minutes. So, I yeah, I persisted with the expressing for a couple of months. Maybe actually, maybe not even a couple of months. Maybe six weeks. And then I was just like, no, nah, I'm not, not doing this anymore. I was taking the Domperidone to try and increase my milk supply, I did notice an increase, but still wasn't getting much at the pump, um, and I don't know obviously how much he was getting off me when he was feeding off me, so I eventually just made the decision at around maybe 10 weeks or three months, I don't know, that I, my breastfeeding journey was done, um, I think I felt guilty sometimes for that, but not because of my own opinions of breastfeeding, more just because of societal pressures around breastfeeding. So like when I reflect on that now, um, I don't feel any like resentment or sadness about the fact that our breastfeeding journey ended. I think that was more how I was feeling at the time because other people sort of put that on me. Um, I don't feel any difference in the bond that I have between Jai and Ali because Ali was like technically breastfed for longer. (laughs) I don't feel like any difference there so um hopefully those answer the breastfeeding questions um in terms of having two under two and like going from one to two I've had lots of questions about what it was like going from one to two and was it harder having your first baby or having your second baby and having two Um, I think I'm definitely way more confident as a mother uh with two like when Jai was born I was like questioning all my decisions and wondering why he was doing this and that and like everyone would have an opinion and I just was like quite overwhelmed a lot of the time and we went like all the way to Italy with Jai when he was only 10 weeks old and oh my god like we went to Brisbane when he was six weeks old which given COVID now just seems like insane (laughs) um but yeah I think I definitely found that really challenging with Jai um I just questioned all of the decisions I was making. I wondered if he was okay. I didn't, like, understand anything about baby sleep. um, And I just... Yeah, it was hard. It was really hard having a new baby. And um, I didn't really know well you don't you'd never know what it's going to be like until you've got your baby there um, but I think it was more just a confidence thing for me the second time round, I've just been so confident in the decisions that I'm making and like confident in the fact that I know I'm trying my best for my baby and that's the best thing for him like he just knows that I love him and I'm doing my best um which I felt really confident in so I think that side of it has been easier um I think the thing that has been harder is probably like the juggle of relationship between Joe and I, like when you've got one baby, um, in my experience, like we still had like a decent amount of time for each other and, you know, in those periods where Joe was sleeping or someone else was holding him, Joe and I would spend time together and for sure it was still like, uh, like testing on our, well not testing, it was just a bit of a strain on our relationship I guess, having our first baby and sleep deprivation and um yeah I've got a I've got an episode on postpartum with Jai but I think um that's probably been the biggest challenge for me going from one to two is actually I just feel like Joe and I really are like ships in the night like we just never spend time sort of one-on-one um or we haven't really in the past six months that much and that's because, like, Ali needs me all the time, Jai needs Joe all the time, or if one of them's asleep, the other one's usually awake, Um, and equally, like, Joe wants to, like, he's a real go-getter and a real doer, so he wants to be, like, out of the house and doing things, and I've been really tired, so when Ali's been asleep, I've been happy to just sort of stay at home and relax, and I think you're just in, in my experience, you're just in such different places, like, I carried that child for nine months, I gave birth to him, my body has been through a huge change, my hormones are changing, I'm exhausted, I've been up with Ali every single night for six months now, it's not been one night that he's slept through the entirety of the night, Um, and it's just tiring, right, so I think, like, all of that takes a toll on me, and then equally, he's feeling like we're having, like, less connection and less time together, and um, for sure, I just think it's been, like, a real challenge for us from that perspective, and Jai's sleep is still shit, so he sleeps, Jai sleeps in the room, in the bed with Joe, and now that Ali's out of his bassinet, um, I sleep in the bedroom with Ali, and Ali sleeps in his cot, so Joe and I really haven't shared a bed now for, like, six months, which is just so uncommon for us, like, prior to having Ali all through my pregnancy and even when we had Jai we would always go to bed at the same time and like be in bed together and that was like a nice end to our day all the time and now I guess the way that things are at the moment we don't even have that connection and we're both really bad at like going out to the lounge when the kids are finally asleep putting something on the tv and then scrolling on our phones um which I'm sure lots of you can relate to which just feels easy, like, you get to the end of the day, and you finally got some time to just be like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to scroll through social media, or watch something on my YouTube, or read the news, or whatever it is, like, I just feel like, yeah, we're both really bad at that, Um, and then I have had, like, the business stuff on top of that, which, like, in hindsight, I should have taken a way bigger break from and I launched the online store when Ali was like a month and a half old which was just a fucking stupid thing to do like insane whoever told me that that was a good idea which is probably myself as a fucking idiot (laughs) um like I'm obviously so grateful for like the way that we've been able to be financially supported by the business through that time but it's not without like really hard work um so I've had a full-time baby and a full-time like business or job that whole time and although joe is obviously super supportive and helpful with ali um a lot of the load still falls with me it's just the reality and he bears a lot of weight from that too like i guess he feels like stuck with the baby or he feels like i'm constantly focusing on the business and yeah it definitely came to like a point where we were both just feeling like crap um and we were like nagging and bickering with each other and we're not like we never fight we don't usually argue And so we've definitely been through a period of like just feeling like shitty at each other all the time. It sort of came to a head a couple of weeks ago and we had like a really big conversation and I was like a big flubbering mess because I'm just a crier. I cry like all the, I'm just a crier, (laughs) cry at everything. Um, But particularly when I feel like things aren't like going super well in our relationship and I don't feel like um, we're on the same page, I feel really like emotionally impacted by that. So Through that conversation that we had, like I just cried the whole time. It's not like (laughs) uh, I just—I don't know—I I I just can't help but cry. So we had like a really big conversation about how we were both feeling, and it was so obvious through that that we just lost our way with our communication, and we really weren't on the same page, and like we both had different perspectives, but neither of us were seeing it from the other one's perspective, which we're usually pretty good at. And yeah, I think like that has been a huge strain on our relationship um and we're doing so much better now that we've had that conversation and it's never like I thought um we were going to break up or anything it was just I was constantly feeling pissed off at him he was constantly feeling pissed off at me and we really just needed to get everything out on the table um which I wish we had done earlier because could have saved ourselves a couple of weeks of um feeling resentful towards one another and I know that things will change again for us in a positive way when we're back in the same room and we have that like connection as a couple because um, yeah that's been for sure the diff- most difficult thing I think for me about having two under two or just adding another baby to our family because it's just a huge dy- dynamic shift again um and I think in terms of intimacy like we often talk about this on the podcast um I obviously had an episiotomy and like the thought of anything going near my vagina (laughs) for like oh my god in that first six weeks I was like there's no fucking way I'm having sex at six weeks that's just out the gate no way and it was the last thing I was thinking about anyway I was just so tired and I think we waited until around 12 weeks to have sex um if you're a sister or or a family member (laughs) feel free to skip this part um but yeah I think we waited till like around three months to have sex um and I was definitely a little bit anxious like that it was going to be painful from my episiotomy but it wasn't um use lube as my number one tip because like just don't have the same (laughs) type of lubrication post Uh, post babies in my experience so yeah definitely Lou is your friend but I think um, Joe and I have always been pretty good through both postpartum periods at remembering that you don't just have to have sex, like there's lots of other ways to make each other feel good Um, and although we haven't done that anywhere near as much as probably either of us would have liked in the last six months, we do find that time um, when we can and I think that's probably another like huge change and shift for our relationship again is like one baby I still found that like we we're finding time for each other intimately like enough or often enough um but with Ali it's just been like we haven't we really haven't like or I haven't focused my time and energy on like even being interested in being intimate because I've been so tired and just like had a million other things on my mind and then when we sit on the couch at the end of the day like the last thing I have felt like doing is having sex, but it doesn't mean I'm like not attracted to Joel or I don't want to have sex with him. It's just, I don't know. I think it's just like we're in totally different seasons in our relationship, but also as individuals. And I think that that can be really challenging. So I've just tried to like be really honest with Joe about where I've been at, um, in terms of intimacy and, equally when we had a conversation a few weeks ago about how we were both feeling, I think we both realised that it's important to try and make time for each other even if it's only like twenty minutes. <laughs> that's like enough time to do something that we both enjoy, um and like be intimate and all of that sort of stuff. But I think like I would just really encourage you and your partner and this is something that I'm trying to remember with Joe and Joe trying to remember with me, like You can kiss and hold hands and cuddle and it doesn't have to be like something that leads to sex and I think that's what I've been missing the most is like that touch and connection without even like thinking about having sex I really need to feel like emotionally supported um now that I've had babies like I really need that to feel like an intimate to even be interested in like sex or being intimate I really need to feel like emotionally supported and so hand-holding and kissing and touching like physical touch is one of my love languages even more so now after having a baby so I need to feel supported in that way to be like intimate at other times I think so it was really important to me to explain that to Joe because that also didn't help how I was feeling um, because we just you know, we sit on separate couches and watch TV, I think, like, so many people will probably relate to that, but, like, why do we have to sit on separate couches, can't we just, like, sit next to each other and hold hands or cuddle or whatever for, like, 10 minutes and then, you know, do whatever after that, like, I think there's just lots of different ways of approaching it and um, I'm sure lots of people are in or have been in similar situations, so I definitely have, am finding now, like, I'm six months postpartum, I, like, can feel that my sex drive is, like, coming back, But equally, in the last couple of weeks, Joe's made a real effort to make sure I feel emotionally supported again, which has definitely helped. So, um, yeah. Sorry if that was too much information for you. Hopefully it was helpful. Um, What else did I need to talk about? Um, Oh, I had a prolapse postpartum. So from my very intense pushing of my 4.25 kilo baby with a big fat head... (laughs) um, so I knew that something didn't feel like quite right. I could feel that my episiotomy had healed and that all felt good. But like when I was squatting, so if I was doing something with Jai and I'd like squat down to see what he was looking at, I could feel this like pressure um, that didn't feel normal. So I went to see a postpartum physio or a woman's health physio here in Todinger. Her name is Claire Baker and she is a goddess. Like if you can get into her, like do it. She's just incredible um and she did an assessment and how the assessment went was we went in we talked about my birth like she was actually really great at talking about both of my births and my pregnancy and what I did for exercise and what made me feel good and like all of that sort of stuff and then she did an internal check which she asked me for consent to do and I was happy for her to do that so hop up on the bed she puts her fingers in your vagina and she gets you to do like a few different pelvic floor things and then has a bit of a feel around it's over pretty quickly. Um, wasn't uncomfortable, and then she said that I had like a small prolapse um, on my front wall, so towards my bladder, which is where I was feeling that pressure. And we discussed um, sort of things I could do to help that, and things I could be doing that would make it worse. And you can get a pessary, which is like something that helps hold um, hold the wall or like the prolapse in um, and she said that mine wasn't at a stage that needed a pessary at that stage, but I'm due to go back to her soon, I definitely feel like it's mostly healed now, like, I don't notice it so much when I'm squatting down or anything like that, but, um, I'm really keen for her to just check that everything, like, feels normal, um, because I do sometimes notice, Like a shift or a change in the way that it feels. And I think that's probably just normal after pushing out a baby. But um, I'll definitely go back to her and get that checked. Um, And in terms of the rest of my body recovering. uh, I think I definitely like initially felt really good about like how I was recovering postpartum. It was definitely quicker than my C-section recovery which was good. Um, But I think if you've listened to my previous fourth trimester episode I really struggled with my weight and like the way that I look at myself and like how much I weigh I like am really bad with scales and will like pay attention to the way that I look in the mirror all the time and like I just feel like a big fat blob (laughs) um and so I think in the first probably like two months I felt like quite good I felt like I was losing weight and like that was all changing and going positively and then um I don't know what changed but I just obviously stopped losing weight kept eating crap was doing no exercise and gained weight um and if you've ever had like body image issues or like eating issues or I don't know what you want to call them but um you will know that it's like something that like eats you up inside. So that has been definitely me for the past couple of months. Like really internally struggling with the way that I look and feel, um, but also having no like motivation to do anything about it. Like just so tired and feeling lazy and shit, and like in the spiral of just crap. So I've started reformer Pilates, which I really love. Um, A couple of times a week and I probably started that about a month or maybe six weeks ago now I'm definitely feeling like stronger I've noticed that that has been really great for my abdominals and my pelvic floor and like yeah I definitely feel like that's making a great difference and I'm not proud to admit that I've got um really poor eating habits at the moment like I'm trying really hard to lose weight so I'm not eating um as much as I should be which is like I don't know I definitely don't want you to take this as me encouraging you to eat less like weigh less calories to lose weight because that's definitely not what I'm doing I'm just being honest about like my situation and how I feel and what I have been doing which is probably contributing to me also feeling so tired but in the last month I have been like pretty much just not eating more than like one or two meals a day um which I know isn't that healthy but I just like it's a constant mental health battle for me with my weight so I know that I needed to do something different and the eating feels easier for me than the exercise at the moment so that's just what I am doing and it's so funny because like people will comment and say like oh you're looking really good you've lost weight and like I feel really proud of that and I have lost weight like quite drastically in the last month but I haven't been doing it in a very healthy way and it's just so it's so funny how like society and myself like Feel happy for you or whatever that you're losing weight and you're starting to like look and feel different, and nobody really cares about how you get there, including me. Like, I'm just happy to like pretty much starve to lose this weight, which is just ridiculous. But anyway, it's just where I'm at at the moment. I'm just being honest. Um, so yeah, I am not in a great place with my body image. Um, and I don't know when I am going to be in a better place with my body image and I'm just trying to do my best at the moment. I think the Pilates has been amazing. I've doing, I've been doing some home workouts, like going for a few walks. Um, but yeah, definitely like just not eating that much at the moment and I know I'll probably get some messages telling me that I've promoted something unhealthy, but I'm being very clear that that's not, like, I'm not promoting this kind of lifestyle or eating habits. It's just, like, what I am doing at the moment. <sighs> and I know it's unhealthy, but, like, I'm obsessed with my weight and the way that I look. So um I think when you've, like, had weight, like, th- tried to lose weight in the past, it's definitely something that you will, like, resonate with like calorie counting and just, I don't know. I feel like I've gone from treating my body like shit because I'm eating what I want and not exercising to now treating my body like shit because I'm not eating anything um, and I'm losing weight. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel like I'm not in a good place either way, but I know that once I have lost weight, um, that will be a shift in my mental health, even if I'm going about it the wrong way getting there. So take that for what it is and do not copy what I'm doing basically um sleep was another one baby sleep is another thing that I got lots of questions about so Ali um he's always been pretty good at going in his bassinet probably from about two weeks old I think and what I would do is I would put him in there um I'd feed him off both sides I would Try to keep to like his age appropriate awake windows, which I found really important and actually did really work for him. It doesn't work for every baby, but it worked for Ali. um So I would watch his awake windows like pretty closely. I'd wait for his tired signs, which were really obvious, and then I would take him into his bedroom or my bedroom, turn on the white noise, shut the curtains, put him in his bassinet, or swaddle him, put him in his bassinet. Um, and he would usually be asleep when I did that. So he'd just stay asleep And however long that lasted. It lasted like I wasn't trying to like get, get him back to sleep at that stage. Some days he'd sleep for like two or three hours in there. And it would be like a massive win. And other days he'd sleep for like half an hour. Like just so random. Um, and I'd put him in there at night as well. And he would like slowly do like longer stretches. I think we're getting like two to three hours um, after a couple of weeks and then he would always wake around like four, which maybe he was cold, I don't know, but he'd always wake around four, feed, and then he'd be really hard to resettle, so I would bring him into bed with me, and then we would just co-sleep for the last couple of hours until six or seven o'clock, when he would wake again, and we actually still do that quite a lot, like, um, sometimes I'd be able to resettle him in his cot, but if I do, he'll always wake around, like, 6.20, whereas if he's in bed with me, he'll usually sleep till seven, so, it's like, I don't know, pick your poison, I guess, um, and then he started doing some, like, really good stretches around three months, I would dream feed him at about 10, which is when, like, I'd put him to bed at, I don't know, seven or eight, and maybe when he was, like, three months old, um, he'd be, like, well-fed, dressed appropriately white noise dark room swaddled all of that sort of stuff um put him in his bassinet and then I would get him out of bed even though he was asleep at around 10 and I would feed it like change his nappy and then he would be awake enough for me to feed him he'd probably drink like 80 mils or something and then I'd burp him and then put him back in his bassinet that started working really well around three months so then he was sleeping through from 10 until about i want to say like four or five some nights so pretty good stretches and then we got to about four months and we had a couple of nights of that pretty much going out the window and he was awake like every one or two hours and i was just like fuck this i literally can't deal with this sleep challenges like i'm trying to run my business from home i'm already feeling exhausted my hormones are all like changing i just am way too tired to deal with this one hourly wakes overnight um So what I did was what I learned from um, uh, Lucy at the Sleep Scout and also from Watt Baby. So I've sort of gone, um, followed both throughout Jai and Ali's lives. Um, And so I started this when he started sleeping in his cot during the day. Um, So I would take him out of his swaddle and he had arms out at the stage and... I would make sure he was well fed his room was all good his age-appropriate awake windows were good um he had a clean nappy he was happy whatever healthy um and then I'd take him into his room put him in a sleeping bag with his arms out and then give him a bit of a cuddle and then put him down into his bed awake and then just go out of the room shut the door um his baby monitor was on but like I never went far and it probably took him a couple of naps during the day um and if he cried I would go into him Um, but if he was just grizzling I would just leave him and most of the time the grizzle he'd just fall asleep but if he was actually crying properly um, I would go in there and like pick him up give him a cuddle resettle him and then put him back down occasionally he'd start crying again straight away before I even put him down so then I would stay there with him um, and like pat his bum or whatever to get him to go to sleep but most of the time I'd be able to put him back down and he'd grizzle or just go straight to sleep so we did that for a couple of naps and then he pretty much got the hang of it and that made a huge difference for us then overnight um, because he wasn't needing me to like resettle him every time he was coming out of a sleep cycle. So he would wake and be able to put himself back to sleep and I was still obviously right next to him. So if I could hear him like nuzzling around or moving around and I knew he wasn't hungry, I would just pat him on the bum and he would go back to sleep. Um, So I feel like that made quite a big difference for us. So relatively like gentle version of sleep training I guess um that has worked really well for Ali um and yeah we're still not having like full sleep through the night um stretches yet which I'm not too worried about like I'm you know one or two wake-ups in the night is not so bad but the last few nights we've had really shitty sleep so I'm hoping that those are going to change again soon um it's just all the development things all the developmental changes like he's just started sitting up and that's an exciting skill for him to practice um and all those types of things so yeah I think um really sleep has just been like something that we are constantly having to adjust and change and juggle and yeah um it's no straightforward one-size-fits-all with babies that's for sure um what else dealing with other people's opinions was another question, um, I haven't had too much of this, particularly with Ali, I think, like, I'm way more confident in my decisions, so I just am, like, I just really say thanks for the feedback and move on, <laughs> um, I think I've never had, like, my mother-in-law has never been, like, someone who really forces her opinions on me, my mum will give me, like, her thoughts but she doesn't push them on me she's really good at just being like oh this is what I did or this is what has worked for me and then letting me figure it out on my own I'm sure there's been times where she's wanted to be like I fucking told you so (laughs) but she never does Um, so I've never really had to deal too much with other people's like really strong opinions but I think um, as much as possible if you feel confident in the decisions that you're making just saying that this is what feels right for you and your baby and you know them best um, is a really good way to deal with that Um, yeah I don't know I think that's a good like part one of my postnatal or postpartum fourth trimester period Um, I might leave it there and just say that like it definitely has been a huge adjustment having two under two and adding another person to our family but equally I feel like um, we're growing every day and we're just so in love with Ali he's such a cool baby He's so happy he smiles at every single person like all of the time um yeah he's such a cool addition to our family and I just know that him and Jai are going to be best friends as they grow up and I just love it now we go into Joe and Jai in the morning and we say good morning and Jai says good morning are you? and <laughs> sometimes he'll sit on the ground with him and be like I love you Aye. and it's just so cute like you can see their bond growing already already and like I will walk into the room and Ali just follows him and smiles the whole time with his eyes like he just is obsessed with him so I just know that like as they get older it's going to be really cool to see their bond grow and I'm sure they're going to fight like cats and dogs um, as well but I just yeah I feel really good about their age gap as they get older and we don't know any different so I think if you're in a similar position where you've got a small age gap you won't know any different um, once they're here either so you just do what you have to do and make it work um which is exactly what we have done and are still doing so I hope this episode has been interesting um if you've got questions or you want me to cover something else in another postpartum chat then feel free to send me an email at uh, KiwiBirthTales@gmail.com, at gmail.com or jump on instagram and send me a direct message Kiwi um and that's t-a-l-e-s on instagram um i hope you have enjoyed this fourth trimester episode and i look forward to bringing you another episode soon so thanks for tuning in and i will speak to you soon hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter